This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, as well as in the evenings on WCPT, A20 Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show for your Wednesday. That means Jeff Stein is going to be joining us uh, with political analysis. It's not like we didn't have enough things to go yesterday. I'm kind of glad it's been a little bit of a lighter news day today because, dear Lord, was yesterday nuts. Uh, Brett is here with me today. Hello, Brett. How are we? Yeah, that was one of the busier national news days we've ever had. This kept coming and coming with all court rulings, and yeah, it was busy. Yeah, it's it was it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, we should mention we did have a primary yesterday. Um, Nikki Haley, and this is we'll I imagine we'll touch this. None of these candidates won in Nevada on the Republican side, and uh, Nikki Haley got thirty percent of the vote. Which kind of is in line, because I can tell you right now, none of these candidates, that's not necessarily a pro-Trump vote. They, the Republicans might try to, you know, imply it is, but that is, that, that's not necessarily a pro-Trump vote. And so, you know, I'm going to guess at least 20% of those, you know, 20% of that vote is not for Trump either. But of course, once again, Republicans nationally, or the news media nationally, Republicans united behind Trump. Meanwhile, let's go to the Democratic primary. Hey, Joe Biden won there. He's got uh, basically 90% of the vote. None of these candidates at six. Marianne Williamson, three. So overwhelming, clearly a favorite. Dean wasn't on the ballot, was he in Nevada? I don't believe he was. And so, yeah, he uh, he did pretty good there. And I guarantee you the national media will be out there. It's like, he's barely surviving a divided party. I don't know why it sounds like Mike Lindell, but I guess I meant my Mike Lindell impression. But I guess it. I, I guess we can go with that. 952-946-6205. Uh, and also, I should remind her, for the folks in Minneapolis-St. Paul, it is, of course, Listener Appreciation Month at AM 950 up here. So we got stuff to give away in the 4 o'clock hour locally. We'll get to that here coming up in the next hour. Uh, I want to ask, uh, Brett, how much of a fan of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Star Wars stuff and, and Marvel movies? Are you a, a fan at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen them all, definitely, of the Star Wars movies, all nine of them. Um, and Marvel, do, as you know, I follow along a little bit with Marvel. Not so much since uh, Endgame, but okay. I still follow along. Um, you a fan of the Deadpool movies? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love the Deadpool movies. I'm curious how they're going to implement that or uh, bring that into the MCU. If they don't, who do the Deadpool rap in the next movie? <laughs> Seriously, that song, if you've not heard the songs that they've done in those movies, the Deadpool rap and the X-Force rap, ugh. They are brilliant. They better do another one for the third one. I mean, just as that movie is hilarious. Those they've done such a good job with those. Uh, so the first Deadpool movie uh, featured a character named Angel Dust. Uh, the actress behind it is a woman named Gina Carano. Gina Carano has been recently. Um, you might recognize her from The Mandalorian. Did you ever watch The Mandalorian? 
Yep, I did. I th- very good. I thought it was very good. And she had a bit role in the first season. They brought her back in a much larger role in the second season. And then she disappeared completely from the series uh, with reason. Before I get into this, I want to I ex- explain a few things here, uh, if I may. One is Republicans, I just don't think, even listen to themselves. Because can we all remember the same Republicans who went from late 2016 all the way up till you know joe biden was declared the winner in 2020 the entire time going liberal tears cry louder liberals how we won you lost it's just that simple (laughs) and to watch republicans after joe biden was declared the winner come on out there and say you democrats need to be nice to us because this was really hard. <laughs> oh, God, you guys, yeah. You know, it, it's 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 hilarious. There's just, they're, they're broken people. And a lot of these guys are just broken people. We had, during the pandemic, a lot of people that misunderstood um, freedom of speech. And the argument of freedoms and rights, and not just speech, but other rights too, because they 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 felt as if private businesses had to be forced into accepting their irresponsible behavior. Basically, it boils down to this. Republicans felt as if their right to sicken everyone in a workplace was 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 more tantamount than someone's right to not get sick. I mean, that's about basically the best way to describe it. Their right to get somebody sick superseded your right to not get sick. That's what they at least thought. It doesn't go that way. But they're, you know, at this time, they're, they're, they're developed this, this fraudulent idea of what freedom of speech is. And as a matter of fact, it's actually been growing. They, Republicans don't understand what freedom of speech really is. I remember Tim Pawlenty, the former governor of Minnesota, when he was trying to run for president, being uh, down in Iowa um, on a stage in public screaming about how his freedom of speech was being violated, which that seems to be stupid as all stupid gets. Meanwhile, one of his, his supporters, when someone in the crowd started to heckle him, one of his supporters took a T-shirt and tried to jam it in their mouth, which was quite literally the epitome of trying to stop someone's freedom of speech. But that wasn't a problem, if I remember correctly for them. That, 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 was, just, that was just a disagreement. Republicans think freedom of speech means three things, which it does not mean. One, freedom from criticism. They they feel as if they should be able to say something and you should not be able to criticize it. And that's not freedom of speech. That's, that's just not freedom of speech. My freedom of speech is enshrined in the Constitution to criticize you for the stupid things that you say, Republicans. That's just the deal. The second thing they think is, and this kind of piggybacks on that one, they feel as if what they say has to be revered, has to be respected, has to be to get get the chisel and, and some stone. Let's put this into stone so they, that it will be remembered for eternity. And they just don't get it. No, you have to say something of value for it to be revered. And 99.999% of things that come out of Republicans' mouths usually with a poop emoji, is not something to be revered. 
but they feel as if it is to be revered. They, their, their mentality, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, they feel as if it's their right to kick open the door of your house, go into the living room, go to the bathroom in the middle of their your living room, they get up, put their pants back on, smiling like they've done something good, point at it, and they have to say, you have to like it. And no, those two things we do not have to like. That is not the deal. That's not freedom of speech. That's just you being creepers. And that's just the reality. The last thing, they, the, the mistake they make, is they, they don't understand what freedom of speech, where freedom of speech applies. The town square, absolutely. Um, in a government meeting, sure, public government meeting, yes, freedom of speech is enshrined there. Unless your speech becomes offensive or threatening or dangerous. But on social media, that's a private company. They can regulate your speech all day long. In a private company, people can regulate your speech if it's a term of their employment. And if you don't want to regulate your speech, well, then you can leave or they can fire you. It's pretty cut and dry that that's legal to do. So you need to understand these things. Now, let's get back to Gina Carano. In an escalating standoff and her firing the Mandalorian from the Mandalorian, Gina Carano is suing Disney and Lucasfilms for discrimination and wrongful termination in a lawsuit that it opens another front in the battlefield over influence of Hollywood that is drawn in corporate America. Carano, a complainant, a complainant uh, filed Tuesday in California federal court, alleges she would at, fired for voicing right-wing opinions on social media and seeks the court to order that would force Lucasfilm to recast her. Not only is this a funny thing, that she wants to get back in here. It just tells you everything about how bad things are going for Gina Carano once you basically upset, you know, Hollywood. Uh, she's she's desperate to, she's trying to use this lawsuit not to get money, but to basically restart her career. Elon Musk, yes, that idiot. He's been making good on a promise to foot the legal bills for users who claim they have been discriminated due to their activity on his platform is helping fund the suit through X. And once again, if I can just say, boy, oh boy, sure. Can Elon Musk pick a winner? Uh, <laughs> he buys Twitter, immediately destroys the value of that. He puts out basically the worst truck in the history of mankind. And uh, it, it sounds like their people are begging him to get drug rehab help at this point, too, by the way. Maybe that's why he likes him, because I believe the character's name that Gina played in Deadpool was Angel Dust. So, you know, maybe that's why maybe that's why he likes her. I don't know. What's her name again? Meth. Oh, Matt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, the drug stuff, that's rumors right now. But considering how the way he behaved, the way that when he went after uh, corporate America on that one thing, I, 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 would I be surprised? Of course not. Anyway, in a statement, uh, Twitter's head of business relations, Joe Benrach, said, as a sign of Trump's corpse, or excuse me, Trump corpse, wow, that's a fraudulent script, Twitter corpse, <laughs> comment in free speech, we're proud to provide financial support to Gina Carano's lawsuit, empowering her to seek vindication of her free speech rights on X and the ability to work with about bullying, harassments, and discriminations. Mind you, they are doing this as on X itself, on Twitter itself, Elon Musk bans people left and right. The act as if this is some sort of absolute of freedom of speech is an absolute lie. This is all a stunt, and he will lose. But I'm sure it will be... He will have no problem writing that check to the Disney lawyers. I, I, I mean... 
I'm sure he won't. Um, Lucasfilms in 2021 announced that Carano would not be returning to the hit series after sharing a post in which she said, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if it was a misspell on Nazi or N-A-X-I, it might be Nazi or might they might have just fixed it for this, this story. Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews. The government first made their own neighborhoods hate them simply for being Jews. How's that any different from hating someone for their political views? Now, it should be noted, Gina Carano was and still is an absolutist right-wing Trump kind of person. And she feels as if freedom of speech means she can, A, say things which are insanely incorrect historically insanely insensitive to the people that actually were rounded up and that she can basically force political opinion on someone else without consequence. Like I said, their freedom from criticism, freedom they, they, that they, they have to be revered and that she feels as if talking to coworkers about stuff like this is appropriate. Now I'll tell you what, uh, let's take a break. Come on back. Uh, there's more to this here, but She's going to lose this, and she's going to lose this badly. And I feel sorry for her because she's too stupid for her own good. She had she had Mandalorian money sitting right there, but yeah, dumb. It's the Mad McNeil Show. It's the Matt McNeil Show on your Tuesday. Jeff Stein in about 14, 15 minutes from right now. 952-946-6205. The, uh, so, okay, so she makes this post, and this was the post that kind of put her over the edge, but it should be noted that Gina Carano was making a lot of other posts. It was a long string of them in which the former MMA fighter drew the ire of social media users for positions seen as right-wing on hot-button issues. Carano, who was dropped by UTA, I believe that's a, uh, a talent managing agency, Following the controversy, previously mocked government mandates to wear a mask during the COVID-19 pandemic, falsely suggested that voter fraud occurred during the 2020 presidential election. In a statement clarifying the post on Twitter, Carano on Tuesday said, my words were con- consistently twisted to demonize and humanize me as an alt-right wing extremist. You posted on Twitter and you think that a keyboard can convey nuance. Who's the idiot, you moron? Well, you know what? They'll get the witty sarcasm when I type this. What are you talking about? Trust me, I can tell you from experience as a guy that uses my voice for a living, you can convey a lot more by saying it than typing it. But that's what she, basically she's she's the victim because, well, and let, let, I mean, my 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 gut feeling, she knew exactly what she was saying. Now she's trying desperately to, it wasn't me, it was all you. That's exactly what she's trying to do. According to the complaint, Disney and Lucasfilm harassed and defamed Carano for refusing to conform with, the, with the, their viewpoints on issues relating to Black Lives Matter, preferred pronouns, and disproving claims of election interference. Once again, it's a private business. You can't just go in there and force your a point of view on other people by basically, I guess, going to all the black people and saying black lives matter. No, it's all lives matter. I, I guess. I don't know. Or if someone preferred pronouns, how dare you expect me to say anything other than I want to say? No, it, 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 private companies have the ability to do what they want here. 
And of course, uh, you know, back to the election interference stuff, when she was uh, allegedly fired for her cultural and religious beliefs. Now, by the way, this seems to be a question of whether she was fired or they just didn't renew her contract. Because that seems there's there. Trust me, Threads has gone crazy with this. I'm over, I'm about 400 some on uh, likes on Threads, 100 comments on Threads on this thing. And you can find me on Threads, on Blue Sky, on Mastodon, on the Facebook and less often than the the other places on Elon Musk's disaster garbage dumpster fire that uh, you can find me there as well. Well, dumpster fires actually have a, actually have a a purpose. Uh, never mind. (laughs) Sorry. Less porn bots on those things. I'll tell you what, love the porn bots, man. Thank you. Thank you. No serving America. (laughs) Uh, while she, let's say she basically, Carano argues the entertainment giant turned a blind eye to her male co-stars who allegedly made offensive and denigrating posts directed towards Republicans. She points to Pedro Pascal, who stars in the Mandalorian, pretty much probably the most popular actor today, who in 2017 made a post comparing former president Donald Trump to Hitler. Now, mind you, if you're bringing this lawsuit now and you see Donnie T basically reading from Mein Kampf directly, paraphrasing, but you get the point that he's basically cosplaying Hitler all the time now. I don't know how you're going to be able to say that was somewhat bad. Plus the fact that you're not, I'm, my guess is she's not aware of what happened with Pedro Pascal in that situation. And maybe that Disney indeed did pull him aside and said, you know what, we can't have you saying that sort of thing if you're going to be the lead in one of our shows. The suit says Disney required Carano, who paid, who was paid $25,000 per episode as a guest actor and later negotiated a one-time $5,000 bonus to meet with representatives from the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Discrimination and demanded a public apology. So once again, Disney went to her, said, you know what? You crossed a line uh, here. We need for you to apologize. And we want you to go to do a very HR thing. We want you to go through some, some additional training. Defendants went so far as to try to convince Carano's publicist to force Carano to issue a statement admitting to mocking or insulting an entire group of people, which Carano had never done, the complaint states. Have you read that tweet that you put out there? Uh, it kind of sounds like you did. But, oh, I know. We're, that's all of us misunderstanding what you really meant. I get it. After she refused, Carano was told to meet with Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and 45 employees who identify as LGBTQIA+, according to the suit. She declined. So Lucasfilm's president calls you up and says, we would like for you to meet with 45 employees who identify as LGBTQIA+. And you turn that down and you wonder why they got rid of you. She was terminated shortly after from The Mandalorian, as well as other titles in the Star Wars universe, including Rangers of the New Republic. She was going to have her own TV show. And it it shows me that Disney understood that, understood, hey, we've got an opportunity for you. You could have your own setup here. And she didn't want to do that. It was more important for her to basically, once again, this is not the town square. This is not at a government meeting, but up on a private company, a social media site to go out there and scream her Republican talking points than it was to have her own Disney TV show. Carano also alleges Disney engaged in a post-termination smear campaign. No, you, it's 
I remember that. That was you. <laughs> Citing the abrupt removal of an episode of Running Wild with Bear Grylls, which she appeared from the show's scheduled lineman in an effort to malign her. Or they just didn't, they have the right. Okay, do you understand how businesses work? So they basically take a loss on that episode. That's their right to do so. There's nothing that says in the Constitution they have to air the episode that you were in. Um, through the episode eventually aired, Disney allegedly omitted any mention of her name and likeness in the promotional materials. So now you're arguing that because you didn't like how they marketed the show, which they did air, that somehow that violated your rights. Wow. The suit faults Disney's termination of Carano in the impetus of, uh, of UTA and her uh, transactional lawyer dropping her as a client. Carano brings claims for wrongful discharge and sex discrimination. She seeks to court order that would force Lucasfilm to recast her and at least $75,000 plus punitive damages. Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Your career is over. I mean, in case you haven't got the memo, that even the right-wing entertainment outlets are not going to want anything to do with you after this. Uh, At-will employees who make up the majority of private sector workers often face an uphill climb in obtaining damages for terminations over problematic online posts deemed to be offensive in a violation of workplace policies. Unlike employees in the public sector, such workers are not shielded against discipline under the First Amendment. On uh, on Twitter, finding, uh, funding the suit, Carano said, I am honored my case has been chosen to be, yeah, you know, he's going to lose that. Yeah, but once again, that's in, you know, on par for Elon Musk and picking winners. Uh, so... She's, you know, I'm, as someone's pointed out, he said, you think Disney just brought them in? I guarantee you they've got documents that say you cannot say certain things on social media. And probably the, the, the language is so airtight that basically you don't have any way in the world that you're going to be able to come back on this. But, you know, if you thought your career was dead before, well, let's make sure we put a few more bullets in that career. Okay. Because it ain't going to ever come back. All right. Uh, Jeff's time when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. J-E-F-F, Jeff. J-E-F-F, Jeff. Jeff Stein is our national and presidential expert. Noted authors find his books at your favorite place where you find books. Also online at uh, totallyiowa.com. The Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report, come to us from his mothership, KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where he's kind enough to join us today. Hi, Jeff. Find them wherever you find books. Where you find books. It's becoming much more of a niche thing, man. I just have noticed that. All right. Here's something I noticed that was frightening. What's that? I got to stop following you on Twitter X. Why? What did I do this time? You posted a photo of you in a gym. I know. It's 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 hard Whoa. to believe. Yeah, it's, man. It's, uh, buff Matt. I mean, it's... I think the calendar next year. <laughs> we have discussed it's... that in just the laughter stops after about ten minutes, and we realize no, we we stay with landscapes. What, what I love is that here's a picture of Matthew, yes. your host, ladies and gentlemen, and he's got workout gloves on. Oh, yeah. Harbingers. Yeah. Well, 
Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like uh, they're workout gloves. Yes. Okay. We'll just go with that. Whatever. I mean, you, you got gloves on and you didn't have fingertips. So I knew it wasn't a Minnesota winter kind of thing. And it's like, uh, hey, look at these and I can take a picture of myself. It's like, wow. Okay. Good for you. That's, that's tremendous. I'm, but again, it's too distracting. I can't look at the Twitter feed because I got this beefcake photo of Matt McNeil. Radio people are notoriously the gym is just something that they play an ad for on the station. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are not good-looking radio people, oh, and there are two examples wait, uh, right here, yes. right now, that coming is, through your AM speech. It's human syrup of epicac. All right. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of, of revolting, Oh God! What a banner day yesterday for the Republican Party. Uh, let's we'll start in the House, where uh, you know I, I. Why do you have the vote to go after Mayorkas if you don't know if you've got the votes to do it? That's what's so stupid. They thought they had it. Is Emmer still the whip counting? Because this is the thing again. Whipped. I'm not- <laughs> well, the the concern that was raised about Congressman Emmer when Speaker McCarthy held the gavel for that weekend or however long it was, was that they were screwing up because the whip is in charge of the count. And apparently he needed some some help with counting because they were pushing forward and they didn't have the votes. Now, a couple of times where people go squirrely on you, OK, fine. But that's the most important job because the worst thing to happen is what? Come to the floor with a big issue, a lot of fanfare, and have a ooh down in flames. And and so the best you can do is say, well, maybe tomorrow Scalise will be back from the doctor and we can try again. Wheel in the cancer Holy patient. Wow. <laughs> well, okay, so you have taught me over the years, if, if the way that this stuff goes, especially if you're mm-hmm. the party that holds the house, you want to get your kind of more you know, you know, you know, extremist, I guess, you know, more to the right in the case of the Republicans this time around, more to the right bills out now, because come June, you're all born again moderates, you know, because they, they, they have to run sure. as a middle of the road. And sure. So so they if they yeah. want to do stuff like this, they've got to get it done now. The only thing that they can't do is have what happened yesterday, where it's this guaranteed, you know, the, this thing that we've been promising this and it blows up in their face. It was a tie vote forever, and then who was it? Do we know who it was that flipped their vote to no? I don't recall, Mm. but there were four Republicans who bailed on it. And the thing is, keep in mind, this was not the first time. It had happened before that they were wanting to move forward, and they couldn't get the votes to move it forward. And so then comes yesterday, and they're embarrassed and humiliated. response is, well, maybe the third time's the charm. And we'll try it when Scalise is done with his well, chemo. Where are they going to do it this morning? Were they going to try to do it? I thought they were going to try to do it again this morning. I mean, were they, were, I didn't know what Scalise's situation was, but. He was receiving cancer treatments and could not be there to vote, but they were confident he'd be there. Here's the other thing about this. They also miscalculated because, and I could find it for you, but there was a Democrat congressman who was in the emergency room for a surgical procedure. And the Republican said, ooh, he won't be here to vote. This is going to work great. They bring the schmo in in a wheelchair in scrubs so he can vote to not impeach. Okay, now that's called motivated people. Yeah, well... 
So, so they're saying, well, you know, the guy's in the hospital, so let's go forward with it. That's as close as it came, and then they drag him in out of surgery. Oh, my God. Well, and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene out there, you know, insisting that it's some sort of evil plot. No, he's a house rep. He can vote. He's got the card. You know, that's the, the deal. It's, it's just, not an evil plot. The it, poor man was having surgical procedures, and they couldn't even let him get off the juice long enough to drive himself to the Capitol. Well, let me ask you, uh, on the, the special elections to fill some of these seats, the first mm-hmm. one is Santos's. They're, they're already actually in early voting. It is. That's mm-hmm. more than likely going back to the Dems. And mm-hmm. so, and, and once again, this changes the dynamic. And I mean, I don't know the intricacies of the nuance of the math on this, but yeah, it seems like their window to try to get this done is right now. And I, okay, I'm no math whiz, but you can wheel Scalise on in there with the, you know, with his, with his tubes in his arm. The reality is you're still a vote short. Well, exactly right. And, and that's why they are pushing it now, because with a vacancy, you no longer you have two vacancies, yep. right? Uh, McCarthy's and Santos. So well, now no, who's the guy that the, the Ohio guy too? The guy that went to oh, the right, Youngstown right. State. Yeah. So you got four thirty-two instead of four thirty-five. All right. So you need fifty percent plus one of four thirty-two. Well, if that gets back to four thirty-three, and the person that gets you to four thirty-three is a Democrat, ugh, you're not going to try this again. Yeah. And there is there is absolutely. No sense that it is a sure thing that Republicans will hold on. It's a better chance than not that the Democrat will take the seat. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Ma- and and- well, I mean, From a standpoint of, and, and again, I understand you promised your base you were going to do something. Here's the problem. Fail. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But I mean, it's like, I mean, how many times do you have to have the pie in the face? Before you realize, maybe we should re- re- get more attainable apparently goals. One like, apparently, apparently so. one more yeah. because the problem with this. Okay, we we don't like the border policy. Mayorkas is going to be the sacrificial lamb. All right, first of all, Mayorkas is only carrying out the administration's policy. Yeah, exactly. Is there any assertion in any way that he has gone off on his own? No. So fine, go impeach him. Frankly, if I'm him at this point, I say, here I am. Please do it. Because all that will happen is there will be an interim person appointed, not subject to Senate review because it'll be an interim appointment. Do you think all of a sudden it's going to be, well, now that Al's not here, we're going to change every? No, it is a it is the definition of futility when you have all these other issues that you can't shoot straight on. And if your whole goal is to basically do something visually to have that fall apart is just mean you just look. <laughs> well, you, visual. Oh yeah. It looks better. This was as visual as a Matt McNeil Twitter post yeah. from a gym. Hello. Uh, Ken Buck tried. I mean, I, I, it's funny sometimes how when they retire, they announce they retire, they all of a sudden become sensible. Uh, he, he, you know, cause he's right. He's absolutely right. You can't do this. If the if, if the Democrats take back the House and the, the president is a Republican, guess what? It we've set a standard now that you can remove a count a, 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 a cabinet member whenever you want to, and you know they're trying to save them, but the reality is is that it, I think it's very telling that only four of Republicans basically 
felt like this is a bad idea. Granted, once again, come June, I guarantee there's going to be at least 30 or 40 Republicans who are like, I, I, what vote are you talking about? I can't remember that because they're desperately going to be trying to keep their seat. But well, here, here's with regard to this. Yeah. You really, you really need a sounder for hypocrisy alert. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, Patrick and Brett can work on a sounder for the, uh, Matt McNeil show hypocrisy alert, because I'm not, you know, that smart, but I seem to recall that when the Democrats put Donald Trump up for impeachment, we heard how you can't do this just because you disagree with him. This is going to set a horrible precedent. It's going to be tit for tat. What's this? It's just a different precedent. I mean, forget the Biden impeachment inquiry. That's the tit for tat in essence. But now you're going to expand upon it. Yeah, so it's a terrible policy. Let's expand upon it for the future. Holy cow. It's just, it's not even good red meat for your base because as you note, it's face plant time. Well, and speaking of which, face plant number two out of the U.S. House yesterday. You have, once again, we criticize Emmer because he didn't have the votes on the Mayorkas thing. Then basically Speaker Johnson brings up this standalone Israel bill. And, you know, I, I get it. You're trying to do something to make yourself look strong, force the Senate's hand. All you did is make yourself look weak. All you did is you made yourself look like you're incompetent beyond incompetent. And, yeah, I it just it, th- that was not a good day for Speaker Johnson, because it made me look at, I mean, that entire leadership of the Republican Party that's in charge of the House right now, they look like they're just out of their league. The best they can do on the border issue is to say, we already passed H.R. 2. We're not going to discuss anything until you, the Senate, take up the bill we already passed. That would at least have some sense of parliamentary consistency. But to then go this other route and say, well, we've passed the, we've passed this bill. Well, you can you can take it up on Israel. What? We didn't pass it? Uh-oh. I mean, it's yes. just well, it's I, just gotten to be ludicrous. How about the okay, just really quick on the border bill. Langford, mm-hmm. the Republican out of Oklahoma, 30 years yeah. ago, that bill comes on out. He would have been carried out of the Senate on their shoulders. He would be the instantaneous front runner for the next presidential election. He would be that popular because that was like an 80% Republican bill. And I think Biden just knew it was going to happen. He played them like a fiddle. Langford is being basically almost run out of his party now because Donald Trump basically said this was a bad deal. The reality is they'll never get a sweetheart deal like that again in a divided Congress or a divided you know, a White House that's an opposite party. They'll never get anything that good again. And when the border patrol and when the border patrol unions out there saying what are you doing this is a great bill they they it's just it's amazing to me how bad they are at this well they're still carrying him out on their shoulders but it's uh, <laughs> dump him in the dumpster yes <laughs> well okay and and you said he's almost being run out he's already been censured by his own state party and that was before the text of the bill came out it, and not the biggest problem for Langford was he really wasn't doing this. This is a McConnell thing. This is all McConnell. Mm-hmm. Why? And Langford it, screwed it up because he was coming out and saying, no, the number is zero, zero tolerance. And then when the bill shows that it's however many thousand, then he looks like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Why did McConnell have him do this? He just got reelected. He does not have to face voters again for four years. 
it's easy to put somebody in there like that because he's not up in 24, he's not up in 26. And they couldn't even deliver that strategy. And so now, in addition to the dumpster fire that is the Republican caucus in the House, look at all of these folks who are openly sniping about Mitch McConnell in the Senate. And, you know, could he get a majority? What do they have? 49 Republican senators. Could he get 25 today? Doesn't matter because they've already missed their chance a year ago. So this is the the situation. The party in opposition cannot even figure out what to order on the menu, much less try to have a vote or a cohesive policy. Do you think Republicans, especially maybe come like August, will beg Biden to bring that bill back up again? Will they beg him to bring it back up again? Because they'll never get a bill. That, 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 that was a pretty sweet Republican bill for them. No, but see, but see, I'm going with this as uh, you haven't asked this question, but I think when we're talking at this time next year, Democrats have a majority in the House and the Senate and a Republican is in the White House. That's how goofy I think this is going to get. I, I, I disagree with your last thought process there. I just I, 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 I just I do not see this. Yeah, I've looked at numbers with Generation C and with minorities, and it's not what the, the Trump camp thinks it is. Speaking of which, let's talk about his immunity thing. That came down yesterday, too. Jeff Stein joining us. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and in the afternoon on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein, kind enough to join us today. Uh, Jeff, um, that ruling from the appellate court was pretty... Okay, you and I had talked, I think, two or three weeks ago about why it was taking so long. And, you know, the consensus was they're dotting I's, crossing T's. They sure as heck did. Not only that, but they very clearly pointed out that since you're going to be the pre- yeah, president of the United States and say that these that you have immunity, let us point out where you went wrong. Namely, you have nothing in law that says you need to insert yourself in the electoral co- co- uh, college count at the Congress. That is something you're not supposed to do. And when you swear to uphold the laws, that doesn't mean you yourself can ignore them. And, you know, I, my theory is, is that the Supreme Court might, not put a hold on that ruling, but because of the nature of this, they're going to weigh in on it. But I think that when you look at that ruling, that's about as airtight as you kind of get. One of the things that is very important in law when you take something up on appeal is how did the lower court come to its decision? Okay. And, and even at the, at the very fundamental trial level, the rulings are very detailed and the reason they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And the reason is so the appellate court can see how the thought process worked. Yeah. They never should have to guess. It's sort of like if I give you a, uh, let's say you're a math whiz and I give you a long division problem and in your head, you come up with the answer. It may be correct, but you didn't show your work and I need to have you show your work. Exactly. What they were doing here was to say on appeal, this is the rationale we used. Now, higher court, you can tell us we're wrong, but you can't tell us we didn't consider a theory and didn't consider uh, precedent. 
So knowing the importance of the decision, knowing that it no doubt will go to the the Supremes, uh, they were very careful to spell it out. And they were very careful to note, we're not having any of this. Now, will that prevail on appeal? Whole different issue, but you can't say they didn't show their work. Did you, as a, as a person with a much better legal, legal understanding than I did, did you find any holes in it? Did you see anything that's saying, okay, that's the, the Supreme Court might have an issue with that? Did, did you see anything in that ruling at all? No, but I, I have to tell you, I wasn't studying all the briefs to see what the counter argument was, per se. And if you think about it, the ruling should be so airtight as you look at it that you would say, well, certainly there's no way this is going to get reviewed. It's no different than a prosecutor's case when they make their case in chief. It better be airtight because that's, you know, without any rebuttal at that mm -hmm. point, there's been no defense. So they've, they've certainly pushed it along and you either embrace the original notion or you don't. And, you know, the, the, the concept that any president can do anything that person wants during that four year period that's a frightening thing just from the get-go. Mm -hmm. and, and this is the problem, even I think the conservative justices on the Supreme Court, the, the you know, the Alitos, the Thomases, who are generally, you know, very much are usually a red rubber stamp for Trump on these things, is that you're going to have to figure out a way to find the language in the Constitution that allows you to give this to Trump and Trump only and not allow this to become a free-for-all the next Democrat gets into that White House. And yeah, I just can't. don't... Well, yeah, it's, do exactly. There's just nowhere... No. There's, there is nothing here. It's either one way or the other. And I don't even think Alito and Thomas want to give a Democrat, a Democratic president, that kind of ability to you know shoot someone in the middle of the street and there are no consequences for it. We have separation of powers. We have three branches of government. Which I mean, they brought up is, in that in that ruling. There's, there, there, we have this by a design. And that's to your point about one of the individuals on the ballot inserting himself into the process. Now, granted, the vice president as president of the Senate is involved, but that's by a very specific grant. Yeah. It isn't the entire executive branch. And it's because, again, we have this wonderful system where there's uh, separation, but there's also very specified overlaps. And, uh, you know, okay, <laughs> let's see how this plays out. But uh, you didn't really think that was a strong argument that was going to be made anyway. Well, it's you? it's clear he's desperately just trying to delay these things. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest about it. what his whole goal is, is to win the election and then basically sure. throw out the entire system, because that's about the only even with your judges now are making this kind of ruling, the only option he has is to scrap the entire system and basically create him in some sort of new mold that is, you know, un unable to be prosecuted. That's the entire thing. The fact that he's already in the Cannon case down in Florida, the documents case, he's already now putting in, I'm immune, even after this ruling, just shows you he's just trying to play out the clock because the reality is, I think that these cases, I mean, when he's doing this, when he's being so belligerent, when he has a lawyer that says, oh, I couldn't read Jack Smith's, you know, uh, you know, discovery. I couldn't I couldn't read it because I don't have a computer in my house or in my office. And when you're when you're at that point where you're just trying to create such ludicrous excuses to delay it. I think he this this is an admission that this they have the goods on him. And, and at least in two or three of these that it's. 
you know, he's in real big trouble if this actually goes to court. I don't know that he's in real big trouble if it actually goes to court because that's a whole new evidentiary thing. Mm -hmm. But to find, but to have the ground rules be you have no privilege, you have no immunity, you have no cloak. That's the important part at this stage. And it, because you haven't even gotten to any evidentiary phase, you've only gotten to can we even proceed with this? What I'm waiting for is can you pardon yourself? Because that's what we're looking at. Um, I, I, I'll be well. I mean, it's you have the fail safe there. You just you get a lackey vice president who's basically it's like you're uh, without a doubt in my mind right now. Donald Trump is screening his vice presidential candidates. Uh, will you pardon me? And then you know I, I don't even know if that even a question. Will they clean that language up? I imagine they will. But you know that's how you get around that. Got to litigate it. You've yeah. got to litigate. He'll pardon himself on day one if elected, and then there will be challenges. And only if he loses the challenge will he hand it off to uh, a vice president. And then that's where the fun really begins. I the, the thing is, I love that appeal because it said you should have known better. Basically, you should know better than try this. And his entire argument in court is going to be, I'm too stupid to have known better. <laughs> and we will get a front row seat for that. Uh, Jeff Stein, once again, find his books all throughout the world. Uh, we'll have this on the weekend. Thanks, Jeff. Chicago by Minneapolis-St. Paul. Hour two up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Matt, Brett here today. Uh, we do need to get into that listener appreciation stuff because uh, this is, uh, once again, our listener appreciation month. We got all, it's overdue. How about we say it like this? It's overdue. Uh, we, of course, uh, cannot exist without you guys, the great listeners of AM 950, and you guys show up over and over and over again. We are just incredibly grateful, very grateful. Uh, you've been wonderful to us. A little bit later on this hour, uh, the giveaway for today on the show is a pair of tickets to the uh, the uh, meet and greet we're doing uh, on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday from 6 to 8. Uh, we'll have a pair of tickets for that coming up sometime this hour. You can also win great stuff all month long by doing a few things. First of all, go to the AM950 Facebook page. Like it, follow it. Make sure you're liking the posts on there. You just do that, you're going to be entered in, all right? And then go to the uh, newsletter that you can you can sign up for the AM950 newsletter by going to the uh, webpage, am950radio.com, and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, not only will you get the newsletter by signing up, you'll be entered into the listener appreciation stuff, but then we have stuff in the newsletter on how you can also take advantage of listener appreciation, right? That is correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. So lots of ways to win. Lots. Of, you, are you ready for the? Well, we're not going to do it right now. I don't want to. We'll we'll do it this hour. But are you ready for the phone calls? You going to be ready for that? I'll be ready. All right, we're ready for them. Uh, Ma, I'm going to Mama Mia tonight, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently this this musical and Jersey Boys. I have heard from friends that have seen both. This is my first time seeing Mama Mia uh, live. Um, the people have told me that they'll actually say. We know you know every song we're about to play. Don't sing along with the show. Now, they didn't do that with uh, the girl from North Country for the Dylan thing when I saw that over uh, at the Orpheum uh, this, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks back, a few months back. But um, they, I, I'll be interested to see if they do that with 
with uh, Mamma Mia, if that's actually the truth, that they'll say, for the love of God, don't sing along with this because that would make this experience brutal. That's one of the reasons why I've avoided, you know, going with my my daughters when they were younger to like Billie Eilish or Taylor Swift concert because do I really want to pay that kind of money just to basically have, you know, a a a, a legion of you know junior high girls screaming the lyrics of the song at such a decibel I can't hear a damn thing that's coming from the concert stage. Oh really? Oh this is great. This is this is just great. Hey! It's almost like going to those uh, Wicked performances. They had to have like uh, two separate performances, the sing-along version, and then I really want to see and watch the performance, not participate. We had talked yesterday about the um, uh, the Prince musical is going to debut next year. Uh, at, uh, I think it's going to be at the State Theater. It's going to be at the State Theater. There's going to de- de- debut it next year. I can already tell you the tickets are going to be gone instantly for that one because everyone in town is going to want to see that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That- before it goes to Broadway. Uh, I, you know, I imagine they'll have to do the same thing there. Jersey Boys, uh, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me. That's, how many songs do they have in that song that that show that are just iconic? So, I just uh, want to make sure my allegiances are uh, are known from the get go. Just in, you know, you're right now, a completely separate thing. Just want to let everyone know. So, where my allegiances lie. All right. Oh, there, here we go. I was wondering where we yeah, yes. there we go. Here we go. I'm just going to drape myself in the new. If I cover up the mic, it does not good. But uh, it's the new Minnesota State flag. Isn't this a beaut? I like it, man. I like it. Me yeah, every time you every time you fly it, a Republican goes crazy. Uh, who, who can enjoy that? So should I wear it for the rest of the show? There you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it does get warm in that or cold in that studio sometimes. It so does, yeah, it's, it's keep well, you a little warm in there. This is warming me up. I like the I like the flag. I like something that Steve Druskowski was part of. How about that? How about that? Oh, that's right. Oh, and guess what? A lot less racism. Which, by the way, brings up uh, <laughs> a point about. Uh, I want to get into KSTP first and foremost here. Um, KSTP did a poll where they said, "Do you want to go back to the old flag or go with the new flag?" And I'm like, and that was the question. At no point did they bring up the fact that the old flag was racist. And it's like, so the question should have been, do you want to keep the old flag with its racist imagery or should we go with the new one? Because I guarantee you the results would be a little bit different. Because even the, the, the bigot lights and the racist lights would basically like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go on the record to say for that. I, I kind of was disappointed with KSTP in regards to the that poll because I thought they, they missed the mark. You, you can't screw up the question like that. You, you just can't do that. And that is leaving a very large part of the discussion off the table when you say, Oh, do you want to go back to the old flag? You mean the flag with the racist imagery towards Native Americans? No, I don't think we should. But, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of white people in rural Minnesota who's like, I don't see the problem with it. Really? All right. Maybe we should find a flag that everybody in the, the uh, everybody in the, uh, 
the state can get along with, can enjoy. Just me. I don't think this is a bad flag. As a matter of fact, once again, most people who study flags, which, you know, yeah, good luck finding a relationship. Uh, if you study flags, have said that this is a spectacular flag. It, is, I, 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 it keeps growing on me. I love this flag. So I've got this. It's going to be flying at my house. I, you know, I, I'm going to encourage you. If you've got a cabin, you got some place, fly the, fly, fly the new Minnesota State flag. And it's, 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 it's going to, the Republicans, I want to see how they come back and make the argument of, we think the old flag should stay even in its racist tones. Cause I, I can tell you what, they do not want to go to the house floor and have to discuss the, why they're pro racist imagery in the old flag. They do not want to do that. I, speaking of which, I, and I'm, the reason I brought this up and I, and I've got the, well, I got this because I brought this up because I, br- I got it today in the mail and I'm happy with it. My new state flag. I did want to bring up, um, KSTP too, because th- they, they did something here in their latest poll. And this was, this is a story from the reformer. They covered this and I'm going to get this and we're going to get to a little bit of a hitch here, but first do you know why you have not seen any Republicans talking about how much they dislike free school lunches for kids? You know how we have it in there? You know that? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. More than 70% of Minnesotan vote, Minnesota voters, including the majority across every ideological and demographic category, say they approve of the legislature's decision last year to provide free school meals to all students, regardless of income. 70%. That's insane. Uh, parents, 85% of parents, 85% of parents, voters under the age of 34, 85%, liberals, 90% were especially likely to support the policy. Conservatives were 57%. Senior citizens were the lowest at 54, but that's still a majority. They are at least likely to approve of the change. The data came from the latest KSTP survey USA poll of Minnesota voters. The findings come on the heels of a report that the free school munch, uh, meals are providing uh, more costly than lawmakers anticipated due to a large part of greater than expected demand for the program. Well, at the same time, you know, it, it's like I said, KSTP can't just allow this to, to rest. They, hey, by the way, this is costing more than it. Well, you know, before you think too good about it, but. And it should be noted that KSTP Channel 5 here in town has had a right wing slant. Multiple times we've called them out on it. Pointer gate. Pointer gate. Pointergate, when they made themselves a, an international embarrassment with Pointergate. While Republican lawmakers have criticized the program as a giveaway to rich families, Governor Tim Walz, which, by the way, is there anything richer than that entire argument? Well, I'm from, glad they're really looking uh, out for the uh, working class. Well, no, uh, you're wanting to give this to the rich people. How dare you? That's for tax cuts. Walls has remained a proud defender of it, telling uh, the news in December that it's an investment that will defend all. I will defend all day. Food shelf visits increased sharply in Minnesota over the past few years, but advocates are hopeful this increased school meal availability will put a dent in the hunger going forward. I think feeding hungry people is what Jesus wanted us to do. Once again, religious disclaimer. You do or don't do whatever it is you do or don't want to do. I'm Christian. Lutrin right now. Can't you tell by my blue? Yay. 
I no, I have no idea where to go with that. Um, KSTP survey also find wide margins of support for several other new policies passed last year, including legalized marijuana was at 65%. Paid family leave funded through the new payroll tax was 61%. Now, here's where KSTP kind of goes off the rails a little bit. And this is, once again, this is the reformer's version of the, the reporting of this. Most voters were also skeptical of taxes and spending. About 40% said legislature increased spending too much in 2023 compared to 11% who said it was not enough. 26% who characterized it as the right amount. That leaves 23% unsure, a potential target of both parties fight control of the 134-member Minnesota House. More than 50% increases in the gas tax. And metro area sales tax were too much compared to 31% saying it was either not enough or the right amount. Some of the funding underscores how voters like receiving generous government services, but strongly dislike having to pay for those programs. That paradox is mostly on display in responses about the one-time tax rebates offered last year. 58% of respondents said the dollar amounts they received were not enough compared to just 7% who said they were too much. Republicans were especially likely to say both the legislature increased spending too much, 62%, and that their wall checks were too small, 64%, while similar shares of Democrats and independents said that rebates were too small. So where does, where does KSTP kind of go off the rails here? When you ask about a specific policy, what do you think about free school lunches for, lunches for kids? The people you would presume understand that that has to be paid for, that that's not free per se. And henceforth, you get with a specific question responses that generally help out Democrats, especially when it's Democratic policies that are getting passed. Legalized marijuana, the new payroll tax. When you describe what the money's going for, then guess what? People like it. When you ask the question, did the legislature increase your taxes too much? Well, you're asking a generic that doesn't factor in what that money is getting spent for. Once again, KSTP. Where was the point about the flag being racist? You left that out. You leave out a little bit of the question. Guess what? All of a sudden, you can fix the question's answers the way that you want them to come on out, especially if you ask it in such a vague and leading way of, are taxes too high? (laughs) Without talking about what those taxes do. Because when you ask them, the question via what the taxes do perspective, funny story, Democrats look like they're doing what the people want. Same thing goes for when you say, are the gas tax and metro area sales tax too high? Well, of course they're going to say that. But if you say, well, are you for the gas tax going up so that we can repair roads and do more infrastructure improvement um, and 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 make for a cleaner environment as we have once again no snow freaking on the ground at all in February in Minnesota, insects and deer ticks coming out of hibernation. Well, you're going to get a much different answer. If your question is, are taxes too high? Ha! I'm asking news. <laughs> no, you're not. You're leading. 
you're leading and you are, yeah, you're leading. That's what you're doing. Ask them what they think about the actual things. And here's the deal is conservative news outlets don't want to do that because when they did, Let's look at KSTP. What do they do here when they when they get back on the specific things? Well, but before anyone starts feeling too good about this free school lunch, it's costing more than they thought it was going to. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Bitter? Uh, it, it comes across that way. If you basically just want to help beat the bushes and get people angry... Aren't you upset your rights are being taken away? Yeah, I am. And then all of a sudden you hear from the corner, yeah, I'm tired of my abortion rights being taken away. Oh, no, well, those rights, those rights are, we can take those away. But I mean, how about we take that if I can? Let's take abortion as a, an issue. There is a big difference between should women have the right to choose their own health care over their own bodies? And be determined and make them be able to make the determination if whether or not they they want to bring a child into the, the uh, onto the planet. Yes or no. Or should life be sacred sacred every time? See, you can fix the you can fix this whatever way you want to. I'm just pointing this out because pay attention to what's being asked in these polls, because I'm going to bet you. As we run through this election cycle, whenever it's a question about, you know, the the, the Democrats renamed Highway Five in in Shakopee, uh, Chanhassen after after uh, not in Shakopee and Chanhassen after Prince, are you okay with them renaming part of Highway Five in Chanhassen after Prince? Yes. Should should government be able to change the names of roads? Well, wait a minute. That's erasing history. I like Columbus. You know, that sort of thing. Pay attention to the question that's being asked. Because right now, KSTP, I'm seeing, I've got some questions about the questions you're asking, man. And like I said, I would like for you guys, and you won't because it's me, and you, I don't think you guys like me that much. But I would like for you to re-ask that flag question. And the question should be this. Should we go with the new design of the Minnesota state flag or should we stay with the old design even though it has undeniable racist undertones? Because I guarantee you, your results aren't going to come back the same way. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. That is a solid sandwich, by the way. That is a very solid sandwich. Highly recommend that one. God, man, roast beef sounds good. <laughs> I go for that right now. Uh, can I take one of those in when I go see Mamma Mia? Uh, no one will mind, will they? <laughs> Be the guy singing along and spitting your food as you're... Uh, well, I'm, I'm hoping I bring the au jus with me. Come on, man. I'm not a barbarian. 952... <laughs> 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Hey, you know who we haven't checked in with lately? The human catcher's mitt that we call Glenn Grunhagen. Uh, Glenn uh, is the beginning of the 2024 legislative session gets on to, set, to start on Monday. And an area lawmaker is speaking out against a controversial proposed bill regarding end-of-life issues. District 17 Republican Senator and 
a, a guy whose face looks like a fastball should be hitting it about 94 miles an hour. Glenn Grunhagen. That's not, I'm not wishing it will. The man's face does look like a catcher's mitt. Have you seen it? It's a swelling thing. I don't know. It's the mouth kind of matches the size where the ball, never mind. I'll, you know, never mind. Just go check it out yourself. Just an observation. District 17, Senator Glenn Grunhagen <laughs> of Glencoe says on January 25th that he calls the assisted suicide bill it was approved by a committee in the Minnesota House of Representatives. This bill would let adults with qualifying conditions get medication and their lives. In a news release, Grunhagen said it's, it is a tragic continuation of Democrats' culture of death. Last year, it was unrestricted abortion up to the moment of birth. Now it's helping people kill themselves. It seems Democrats have no respect for the precious list of life. Grunhagen said he will strongly oppose the bill if it comes up this session, saying life is sacred, gift from God. <laughs> I don't think God's on your side, dude. Uh, deliberately ending one's life erodes the value of all life. Okay. So, um, first of all, once again, uh, you're still on that, you know, ending uh, birth all the way up until, uh, you know, ending pregnancy all the way up until birth. The reality is, is that th those cases are incredibly rare and almost every chance those are to save the life of a mother because there's been a medical complication that's come on up that basically could kill her. Now, this could be a mom who already has three kids and Glenn Grunhagen at least imp implies through his stance here that for the kids who look up to their mom, they have to lose their mom because the child that she doesn't want to have to give up but has to because to go through the birth will kill her. Well, Glenn, Glenn says that has to go through. That has to happen because he doesn't want you to have that option. And mind you, Glenn Grunhagen, Mr. Churchy over there, uh, doesn't want to give any help to the pregnant mother, doesn't want to give any, uh, in cases of rape, incest, or the life of the mother. At least he doesn't say anything about making exceptions for them. He just says it should be absolute, which kind of implies that he's against this. That Mr. Mr. Churchy over here doesn't want to give food aid or shelter or clothes to that needy family, that needy child that it's born. Because the second it's born, it's a moocher. And the moocher needs to pull their own weight. Hmm. No, it doesn't want to do any of that stuff. Doesn't want to help out these people. I mean, I'm going to tell you what. You want to you want to really put a big freaking dent in abortion in this country? Make sure that medical care is covered for pregnant women in this country. Make sure that there's affordable uh, daycare options for kids once they're born uh, or even free Make sure there's food assistance. Make sure there's not this scourge and this 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 hatred geared towards single moms when they have that kid. Make sure you change that. No, you don't want to do this. You just want to act like you're pious and you actually support life by basically running around saying, I'm against abortion, even if it means killing a mom with kids. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. You didn't say that per se, but you implied it. You implied it very clearly. I want to make sure he kind of implies it there with his absolute thing here. Um, I want to go back to the, the whole thing about killing, you know, his argument, how he says, you know, Democrats allowing people to kill themselves like this. Um, you do understand where this is coming from is not just one day someone gets up and says, well, that's the end of that. You do understand that there are people out there whose lives are miserable because they've deteriorated 
to a point where they can't even basically function. And for whatever reason, the heart's still going, the head's still going, you, you, you know, but every day for them is excruciating. It's excruciating for their loved ones and their family members. That is something that I get, I get it. You, your implication here, once again, implication is that you basically think it's great that that person has to suffer for maybe five, 10, 15 years lying in a bed with basically limited function, if, if, if any at all, that you think that that's, that's a sign of God's love on this earth, huh? I am con- I'm conflicted on that issue. I'll be the first to say I'm conflicted on the issue. I'm not one way or the other. I would have to see a very well-written bill and have to contemplate it and think about it for my own personal thing. But I sure as hell am not going to be callous enough to basically discount people out there who are truly going through a horrible existence because people like Glenn Grunhagen out there don't even want to think about other options that should be on the table, whether they should or should not. Absolutism is not the way to go. But that's, once again, the party, the Republican Party, the party that's out there insisting that they're for individual rights. They don't want you to have individual rights. They want you to think you have individual rights, but they don't want you to be able to choose a damn thing for yourself. They want to be able to tell you exactly what you should and should not do. So once again, Glenn Grunhagen here upset with the idea that people can get an abortion. Glenn Grunhagen here upset with the idea that we should even have the discussion about assisted suicide in the state if there are certain parameters there. Like I said, I'll at least look at the bill. What I won't do is I won't sit there and say, because of me, there should be absolutes for everyone. That's what Republicans do. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Oh, I'll hear this song tonight. I know this is in the, 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 the Mamma Mia musical. I got to tell you, that movie that they did with Meryl Streep, uh, that's a pretty good movie. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. No, and once again, I want to be very clear about Grunhagen. It's, it, it, it's clear this is what he's implying with his statements. Absolutism on abortion uh, you know, so upset with the Democrats for enshrining that right into the Constitution. Absolutism as regards to assisted suicide, because, you know, he just, you know, his version of God says that that's not good. So he's going and, and that's this. I think that's the implication that he's going to say his version of God is the only one that matters. And so henceforth, no one else can even think about it. No. This is why you guys are not in the majority. <laughs> I want to make sure we understand. Um, yeah, you, you keep doing that. Uh, you keep going with that because I can tell you millennials and generation Z, eh, they're not a big part of that. They're not a big part of these. I'm going to tell you what you can and can't do while I scream at you. I'm the party of individual rights. Ah, bull. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. So this is, I saw this story and I, I got to read, this is going to take a little time to get through here, but, uh, Yeah. I I don't know about this. Federally indicted feeding our future leader, Amy Bach, 
is alleging that the Minnesota Department of Education purposely misspelled words, mislabeled, and deleted documents to prevent computer searches from revealing them in a civil lawsuit violating state law. Okay. The Education Department sued Bach 43 of Apple Valley and the now-defunct Feeding Our Future a year ago, seeking to recoup legal fees after the nonprofit sued the department in 2020 over stop payments. Okay, so once again, this is a civil trial that we're referring to. Bach, who is charged in a criminal case that prosecutors say totaled more than $250 million, one of the largest pandemic fraud cases in the country, filed new counterclaims last week alleging that employees deleted large amounts of data and intentionally engaged in deceptive practices by mislabeling documents and misspelling words to conceal documents from being included in the 2020 case. Aha! (laughs) Wow. That, I think, is what you call a reach. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I've watched enough law and order. This seems like it's a, this is a reach. Um, first of all, okay, you do understand, and this is nothing against the Minnesota Department of Education, but I'm just going to go with pretty much every governmental agency. They're basically, you know, held together with band-aids and prayers as it is, just doing the job that they are tasked to do. And you think that there's some sort of underlying dark department of Tran- uh, department of education that's working off the grid, Ooh, the star chamber. <laughs> oh, wait a second. There it is. Because have you seen the new Minnesota state flag? Have you seen it? What's that? Ah, star. Aha. Aha. It's like they're rubbing it in our faces. Or it just is a pretty design. I think it's more of a pretty design. It's a nice flag, man. You like well, the look at the conspiracy? Eh? You, you got me thinking about that. I'll do some <laughs> digging. I'll, I'll do my own research. The dark web. Yeah, on their two eighty two eighty four computers that they're running from like nineteen ninety one. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. They're running a a, a, a racket. I'll just be Lindell and just put ones and zeros in a document and say, there's my evidence. There it is. There's the evidence. This is nothing. I got, I love, I love the guy that disproved that. It's like, it's just basically a series of ones and zeros. It has nothing to do with anything. No, it does. Uh, Bach, who is charged in the criminal case that prosecutors say totaled more than $250 million, one of the largest pandemic fraud cases in the country, filed new counterclaims last week, alleging the employees deleted the large amount of data and intentionally engaged in deceptive practices. Education department officials declined to comment on the allegations, citing the pending litigation. Did they laugh when they brought them up? I mean, when you say they did not uh, decline to comment, did they, did they make sounds like, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, we're, we're running the dark education department. You know, it's, it's like it's the, the Legion of Doom education department. They've <laughs> got the little skull fort out in the bayou. That's where they're hanging on out. <laughs> Lex Luthor and and the teachers union, they're all hanging out out there. It does sound like it could make like a 70s sci-fi movie of the secret teachers society and wow. education department that's oh, it was Star Chamber it. Star Chamber yeah. was Kirk, was Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was Star Chamber. Remember that? I remember that one. Uh among the examples in box filing, let's just scroll through down this line here, shall we? One employee mentioned using a burner phone while other employees referenced feeding our future simply as F. 
Now, okay, I want to stop here. One men- employee mentioned using a burner phone. How? I mean, is it, are there is your implication there? There is it, and there's like we're conducting all this Department of Education business under the secret. So I've got a burner phone. Or was it, you know, hey, I like that TV show. Hey, you saw that one guy had a burner phone. I like, I don't, you know, you need to put this more in context. Feeding our future, I mean, is there anything more government agency than abbreviating a large name down to one letter? <laughs> I think that's F. You, you could have gotten an F-O-F, but I'm sure you'd be upset with that too. But you could do a search for F. Do you understand that? You probably could. I mean, it would take you some time to go through that, I imagine. In a 2021 message, an employee wrote that they were trying to remove F references so may not be an IT hit. Another employee misspelled stop pay as stoop payus. Aha! It's the smoking gone. <laughs> So someone working from home had a cat, you're saying, and and the cat walked across the keyboard and that is part of your conspiracy. Um, heck I, can we let, how many typos do I have in my daily social media posts? 40 or 50 is not a conspiracy. I suck at typing and I just don't care. Can I, let's put those two together. I suck at typing. And I really just don't care. It's not really that big and important to me. Um, F references. I'm going to guess the reason why is because of what I just explained. If I were to go and just type in a letter into a database and search all documents that have the letter N in them, you know what that's going to do? (laughs) Unless it came from Johnny Lisp over there. (laughs) All of them are going to be in there. So that seems more about just trying to clean it up to prevent from having to give everyone every document, especially ones they don't need. All right. One employee encouraged a colleague to discuss something over the phone instead of typing it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, do you know how much, Brett, I hate it when you text me? Because have you seen these two freaking cantaloupes I've got on the end of my hands here? All right. You want me to go onto this keyboard and type with any speed. It doesn't happen that way. I'm just trying to check messages right now on the live stream on Facebook on both my page on AM 950. Do you know how many times I type AN, not AM? Every time. Because I got basically two four woods here that I'm trying to type with on the keyboard. And to be honest, every time Apple does an iOS update, they make that keyboard slightly smaller it, every time. It would just be easier for me to, hey, Brett, I'm going to do this. All right, bye. <laughs> I I weep for the future when they get me these damn goggles that everyone's going to be having here before too long because I can only imagine how I'm going to screw that technology up. You know, Matt, your eyes are too jumbo for your head. They don't the the goggles don't work for you. A Have you ever tried to type in 
a name on a streaming service with that little circle dial thing. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then he went too far, so now you got to go back. And now I'm up. Oh, God. All right, I'll just, I'll just watch whatever the Adam Sandler movie is. <laughs> that's, 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 I'll just do that. It's a John Wick movie. It's fine. It's, it's, it's about gun safety. Uh, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's, okay. I don't think that that is, that's just a, basically a person coming to grips with what their real technical abilities are. And, uh, I'm just going to give you a call. All right. God, just, I think, think of, think of Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm, this current episode when he's out in his car. I can't say a damn word from that scene, but just, just, you need to go watch it. There's a whole bunch of bad words, but it's me with technology. You ever, you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, I've, I've, I watched that. Go, have you seen this? The I've new, not seen the current oh, season. Go, go, oh, see, no. go, go see the new episode. Oh my God. All right. So he, apparently part of this conspiracy is someone basically discovered that typing with thumbs sucks. And so they wanted to talk to him over the phone instead of typing. And an employee admitted to deleting a document related to feeding our future, though it's unclear what the document was. All right. Bach, who is representing herself in the civil case, <clears throat> has denied any wrongdoing in the criminal case against her, is seeking an undisclosed amount of damages for the emotional distress she said the education department caused her, as well as damages for torturous interference with business relationships. Uh, Assistant Attorney General Christopher Stafford filed a court notice that the education department would seek to dismiss Brock's counterclaims. A hearing is scheduled for April 3rd. Attorney General Jennifer Urban, who's representing Feeding Our Future, not Bach, said Bach's allegations were a surprise to the organization. <laughs> we're just kind of sitting and watching Minnesota Department of Education and Amy go after one another, Urban said. State Republicans scrutinized the Education Department's oversight of the meal programs in 2022, holding capital hearings, questioning details. The Legislative Auditor's Office is conducting a special review of the Education Department's oversight of Feeding Our Future, which was initially slated to be released last summer, is now scheduled to be released in March. Bach has pleaded not guilty to charges. Or, uh, yeah, it's pleaded, they say it's pled, I believe. Bach has pled not guilty to the charges filed in 2022. Prosecutors say she received kickbacks as part of a scheme of kickbacks and bribes among associates who use the money to buy luxury cars, homes, instead of feeding the kids. In December, her attorney, uh, Kenneth, oh, I'm not even going to try that. That does look like a cat walked across a keyboard. Uh, you, Ken, Kenneth, you, I'll go with that, said in a court filing that Bach didn't receive kickbacks, and even if she did receive kickbacks, okay, get ready for it. <laughs> kickbacks aren't inherently fraudulent or illegal. <laughs> I love those Simpsons lawyers. You remember the lawyers? <laughs> the lawyers from the Simpsons are the best. <laughs> or Arrested Development. Take to the sea. Did there did there ever was ever was a discussion about taking to the sea? <laughs> uh he said feeding our future charged an administrative fee to its sites, which is legal. He sought a hearing to challenge the facts of the 20, 2002 22 search warrant. I'm like, I got to read this again. Bach didn't receive kickbacks. And even if she did receive kickbacks, kickbacks aren't inherently fraudulent or illegal. Okay. 
Of the 70 people charged so far, 17 have pled guilty. The first trials are slated to begin this spring. Um, I'm just going to say this. If no one has done anything wrong, then why are people pleading guilty here? Um, I, I get it. This is, this is, it's a civil trial. Um, you're going to be able to get, make, make different arguments than you'd be able to make in a criminal trial. But from what I, you, you just described here, your, your, your quote unquote evidence that there's something here. Um, someone mentioned using a burner phone, but it doesn't seem like you have any context, at least in how that conversation was there. Um, you seem to other you know people refer to feeding our future as F. That's something that apparently they can't do. Although I'm not sure where that is says it can't do. Um, you know you you someone misspelled stop pay as stupeus. Um, if you spell stuff incorrectly, it's harder to search for stuff. Well, that's one employee. You got one case of that. One employee encouraged a colleague to discuss something over the phone instead of typing it because, for goodness sakes, as a person who can't stand typing responses constantly, I would much rather just talk to someone over the phone because it will go a lot faster anyway for me. I am not seeing the case here. Although, this is becoming... Thank you for this. I was a little concerned this spring might be a little bit, you know, dry. I have a feeling I'm going to have this case to look forward to with regular updates over the next few months because who, who doesn't love stoop pass? <laughs> hey, let's give away a pair of tickets. Uh, listener appreciation month is rolling on here at AM 950. And uh, it's just, it's our way of saying thank you for uh, all that you guys do for us. Here's the deal. If you are caller number five right now, caller number five at 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205, caller number five, you're going to win a pair of tickets to the meet and greet we are doing on Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Park Tavern. Uh, good luck on this. Caller number five, you win a pair of tickets uh, for the meet and greet. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. We got our winner over there? Yeah, we do have Matthew as the winner. Not, not you, not, but a different Matthew. Damn it. Uh, congratulations, Matthew. We'll find out where you're from here in just a second. 952-946-6205. Now, do not get upset. You did not win tickets today. We got tickets to give away tomorrow, tickets to give away on Friday. You can go, get yourself into the uh, running for, and not just tickets for the, the uh, meet and greet. We got tons of stuff to give away. Including amazing, what's looking like an amazingly kick butt grand prize at the end of our listener appreciation month. So keep uh, listening here and reminder go to the Facebook page for AM 950 Radio, like the page, follow the page, like all the comments on there, make some comments on there, like a post, and then go to am950radio.com, sign up for that newsletter. And not only will you be entered in there, but there'll also be additional information in the newsletter on how, as well, you can take advantage of listener appreciation month right here on AM 950. Yay! Um, a, a kind of a jarring story here out of Minnetonka High School. A 16-year-old student at Minnetonka High School remains in intensive care after being stabbed by another student on Tuesday near the end of the school day, according to family members and district officials. The school said the injured student was hurt when a classmate, classmate attacked him with an art tool. 
Family members said the boy was stabbed in the back by the other student while he was bending over. In an email to parents, school principal Jeff Erickson said stab members intervened immediately after what he called the interaction. We called the ambulance to have the injured student evaluated. The district said in a press release, our school resource officer is investigating the incident. In an email, Erickson described the confrontation as an isolated incident that didn't involve any other students. The safety and security of our students remains, as always, our top priority. So, uh, all my best to the student here. My guess is going to be, considering this is Minnetonka, that the... You know, obviously you, you've got criminal charges here, but you're pretty much that kid's done at the Minnetonka High School, I, that kid that stabbed the other kid. I, I can't imagine that that's something that you're going to tolerate that kid coming back. I mean, Minnetonka has a fairly you know stern policy on something like this, which is the right policy, because I'm going to tell you what. There are some school districts. Where And once again, I get it. The system was flawed and still is flawed. And you, you, you basically have a system that was way too over-aggressive, way too disciplinarian to the minority community, especially the black community, and that, and that, is, that is bad. And so things needed to get fixed, and that is absolutely the case there. Now, I have no idea of the makeup of these two kids— but I will say this, if you are having a problem with a school district where it's too authoritarianism, the, res- the, the response is not to go to the complete opposite and have no authority whatsoever on a situation and hope things are going to get better. You have to have a system where there's middle ground. And I think we can all agree that if we had a kid in a school that stabbed another kid, regardless of who they are, that kid needs to be gone. And granted, the legal system might, might, might take advantage of that and get the kid gone. But I can tell you right now, there are school districts in this state, in this city particularly, where the school district's almost first concern would be the kid who stabbed the other kid. We need to understand what what led this kid to go down this path and see if we can address it. Or they would sit there and they would look at the victim and say, you know, when you come on back, we're going to have a pancake breakfast with you and the kid who stabbed you. Mind you, no cutlery. But we're going to have a pancake breakfast to determine, you know, see if we can work out these problems. No. It does you no good to have a world completely void of consequences because that's not the real freaking world. And we shouldn't have it to where the logic switches kick into gear only when we get to a point where an undeniable life-threatening crime has taken place. And so, I mean, because, and I can talk from authority, I can tell you there are some school districts that are just, they're just making mistakes. And it's, it's unfortunate but, you know, I, I'm going to get, you know, just knowing Minnetonka and how the school district runs over there, my guess is going to be is they're not going to make that mistake because there are some times where you you don't have to look at the, the, the situation through the prism of both sides. You can look at it just from the one side and say, well, yeah, you stab someone, that's that. Uh, Matthew, where was Matthew from, by the way? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Matthew from Minneapolis, congratulations. We are going to be seeing you at the meet and greet on Tuesday. Once again, more tickets for uh, Listener Appreciation Month tomorrow as well as on Friday. 
Plus, keep listening. Native Roots Radio is coming up next. Greg Bakken and Ghost Box Radio comes up at night tonight. Uh, so keep listening through the throughout the day and through the weekend for more listener appreciation. Have a good one. We are back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.